The day has come. It's unfortunately time to discuss what might be one of the worst movies of the last 25 years. We're going to wade through nonsensical plot, juvenile humour, obnoxious editing, and characters who never stop talking as we discuss Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. Who's in a great mood because we are working through the Transformers franchise. And today we are talking about Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. We're uh, getting through them because there's a new one coming out uh, in the near future. So we have to be all caught up so we can (laughs) look at the new one. (laughs) and we did the first one a couple months ago you can go check that out but uh the second one is the one that's notorious that's the one with the reputation revenge of the fallen is the one that people really hold up as the as the i don't know what would you call it oh, the... are you saying this is the worst one because i haven't seen anything past this movie i i feel like it's got the worst rep- i would argue the fourth one may actually be worse but is it the one with dinosaurs yeah Oof. Yeah, someone with the laminated uh, law that the guy keeps in his wallet. More on that when we get to the fourth one. Uh, it's also got Mark Wahlberg in it, which is like, <laughs> you know. I can handle Mark Wahlberg. Mm, I'm not sure how I, I feel on that front, but this is going to be the second movie, Revenge of the Fallen. We'll start spoiler-free as if anyone gives a shit about spoilers <laughs> for Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. But we will start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. And we'll, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, this is set two years after the first movie, which is also when it came out. It came out two years after the first one. The first one was out 2007, summer. This was summer 2009. I turned 20, probably just before this came out. And Sam's gone off to college. But the Decepticons are up to no good. They want to find a power source to do a thing, which is revealed throughout the film. And would you believe it, Sam gets wrapped up in all of it again, as does Michaela. And, of course, Sam's parents and their horny dogs. Two, two dogs now. they got two dogs. Only one dog in the last movie. they got two dogs. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's no point in beating around the bush. Tara, how did you feel about Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? Oh, man. I hate this movie so much. <laughs> it is so difficult to watch. It's nauseating. Like, the way it's filmed is nauseating. It never... The camera never stops moving. Was... Oh, my God. It's spinning. It's just spinning the whole time. I'm <laughs> so ill just watching it. Everyone's shouting. The colors are all off. Like, they're oversaturated. So, like, I, I feel like I'm in the, a hot sun with, and the room is spinning and everyone's yelling. It's... And nothing is funny. It's just, like, it's so irritating. It's just... a. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I can't believe I had to watch it again. I watched this in theaters when it came out because, you know, like I said, when we talked about the first Transformers, I kind of liked it when it came out. I saw it a couple of times. I was in the military when it came out, so I kind of had that, like, ooh-yah attitude. Um, I hate every time Josh DeMolo shows up (laughs) on screen because I know it's going to be the worst part of the film. Um, I just, I just hate, hate this movie so much. And you love terrible movies. This is, this is this boggling. This is not fun to watch. Like, no, it's not. There's nothing enjoyable about this. 
No, I don't love terrible movies. I love movies that are accidentally amazing. Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very clear difference. It was one of the things you said there was um, the like everything's overly saturated and it looks like they're in this hot sun all the time and the movie starts off in California at least with Sam's stuff and it's like okay that's where they were in the last movie and it makes some sense that it looks hot but what really gets me about what you just said is that it still looks just as hot when he's apparently on like I think they're in like Philadelphia for college and it's like the east coast and it, like it just looks, looks as sunny <laughs> it just looks like we're in like sweaty Miami heat the whole time for some reason and I don't yeah this just it's, this movie is like watching a hangover, like experiencing a hangover when you watch it. You know, like everything is just so nauseating and miserable. Yeah, everyone uh, keeps shouting, especially Sam. They're just yelling constantly. There's lots of rapid fire characters who have to very quickly talk so they can quickly give you the shitty like stereotype character as humanly as possible. Um, I mean, I, I you know I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but we have somehow new laws and characters in this, and a very degree like Sam's got a roommate who's a character in this for some reason, even though he offers nothing to the plot or, or, and offers nothing in the way of an art or anything throughout the movie. He's just there to be the victim or the perpetrator of some really dumb jokes. That's all I he's there for. I don't remember if. Like, we noticed even his parents in the first film. Like, I think they were just background and they were fine. We were like, okay, oh, like, Sam's kind of neurotic because maybe his parents are kind of that way. Maybe there was some bad comic relief in no, it. But I, I they think... have become full slapstick in this and it they're so stupid. Like, they're just stupid people. They're stupidly written. They act stupid. Everything I, is just hold on, hold on, hold on. about them. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying, but the first thing you said there, I think you've got a really bad memory. We spent a lot of time talking about the parents in the last review. Okay. okay. We, we definitely did. Well, it, it's turned up to 11. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely worse. Like, everything is... Like, everything with the parents is just dumb jokes and uh, just really obnoxious. Like, that's, that's the word that... This movie's obnoxious. And the first one was pretty obnoxious, but this is just... Everything that was obnoxious in the first one is turned up to silly degrees the plot makes less sense right it's nonsensical at points um things just kind of happen the problem in the first movie we can barely see the action because everything's too overly complex and the editing is too quick that's back in full force it might even be worse uh yeah you know all, all these problems more, like autobots and decepticons in this where you have to keep track of really I think they turned up the colors a little bit more so that it, it's not just like gray metal on gray metal, but I still have a hard time with the Decepticons, like figuring out who I'm looking at. Yeah. And there's also like, I feel like the, the, the Autobot characters in this get even less time and like time to like even just be recognizable than the first movie. Yeah. There, there's a moment towards the end, we're not going to get spoilers or anything, but there's a moment at the end where there's a blue Autobot and like Ratchet or someone says, Hey, uh, live wire, do a thing. And I'm like, was I supposed to know who this Autobot was? Because I feel like I've not seen him the entire movie, and all of a sudden he's a named character and he's doing something important right at the end. Um, the the only other ones they introduce really are Sideswipe, who is a silver car, so he blends in with the villains a lot, which is so it's hard to recognize. And uh, they do their first take, and I say first take because I think I want to say Bumblebee did like a new version of this, or there's going to be a new version of the new movie. I'm sure they've they've redone this. But you get the the one female Autobot, the the motorbike. But here she's three motorbikes, <laughs> and she, like, 
has hologram people on her. Which I mean, they established that in the first movie that the cars could project holograms, so that it looked like there was a driver. But uh, but neither of these characters really do anything. They're, they're they're not characters really. They're they're a name that shows up in a couple of action scenes. That's basically all they are. And then the other big problem we have with the first one is just everything with the military is just so shoehorned in. And I felt it even worse here, where those montages of all the jets taken off and like, oh, hoorah, it's take me, go, boys. And I all I can think is, no one watching a Transformers movie gives a flying shit about the military's involvement in any of this. I, I, the only thing I can think of is that, well, first of all, Michael Bay loves the American oh, yeah. military. Like, he is very much up. Yeah. You know what I mean. He, li- he likes the he, military and he likes hot babes and he likes to jack off to both of them in these movies. And I mean, that's that's why I think everything also looks kind of like you're in a desert all the time. I mean, we do get to a desert eventually, but like everything, like even Philadelphia or whatever, looks like they're in the hot sun of a desert because, I mean, at the time, that's where we were, that's where all our troops were. They're all fighting in the desert somewhere, you know, that's the, so it, it seems like it's a recruitment thing to make it look cool like isn't it cool like being in the desert and uh, the american flag and american exceptionalism and oorah rah 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 and <laughs> jo- join up now be exceptional <laughs> it's so it's always so weird about it as well is that he clearly loves the military um but there's also there's like a government stooge character in this that's meant to be like a, an unlikable character and what was what caught me off guard about this guy? Obviously, he's not a good character, and he's just kind of there to be this antagonist to the military characters, and he's trying to like take over and get in the way, and he's just kind of treated as a bad joke by the end. But what stuck out to me is that they did actually name drop that the president was Obama in this, mm-hmm. so I couldn't help but feel that because he specifically goes out, he's basically the, the president put him here, and he's getting in the way of everything. I was I was wondering if a little bit of Michael Bay's politics were kind of sneaking in here. Maybe maybe he's a bit more. Oh uh, yeah, Republican and Democrat because it felt like he was. I, I mean, I think so, but it's not like Obama really did anything to stop the war in Iraq. Oh or no, Iraq no, or Afghanistan or anything like that. You know, like he was still part of all of no, that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that he's saying anything specific about anything that was done in that time. I'm just saying he's showing that he doesn't like Obama. That's what I'm saying. I, I think yeah. he he's trying to make it look like Obama's made this idiot put yeah. in charge. This is the Ghostbusters moment where they're yeah. like, "Hey, we've got." I mean, the villain is not the ghost, but actually, it's the it's the EPA <laughs> coming in to to you know to to get in the way of the working class, just trying to start a small business. Yeah, but at least Walter Peck was a fun character. You know, he was fun to dislike. You know, I, I I honestly think that might have been some inspiration for this one though, because they were kind of going for a Walter Peck angle with him, but he and making him just a, the butt of a joke. Yeah, even but, he's trying to like lay down the rules and stuff, and everything. Yeah, but like around everything it. in this movie though, it's like it's basically forgotten about after a certain point because it's a two and a half hour movie that's filled with so much stuff that it doesn't have time to develop any of its ideas in any meaningful way. And then the other big problem is, and you said this right before we started, that you could barely remember most of the last hour. There's like a... a oh my God. F- I, had, I, I had to read the plot. There's like a... Just to make sure I got it. 40 minute chunk towards the end of this movie where there's all this questing in Egypt and we have to get to this location, we have to get to that location, then there's action going on. And it just goes on and on. And I checked the time at one point. I'm like, how is there 40 minutes left of this movie? Mm-hmm. How is it possible? And somehow it, there is. And they find a way... And it's not like there's a lot of epilogue stuff either. Like, it actually ends quite quickly once the battle's done. But there's just so much of it. It's just... 
excess. Just nothing but excess and not fun and to watch excess. Everything's cut so quickly. Like we go from place to place to yep. place and the scenes go quickly. Everyone's talking super fast. The jokes are a million miles an hour and it never takes a break. Everything is so fast. Even the first Transformers, like when Optimus Prime, like has a moment to make a speech. It's actually kind of a good, good scene. You know, like we, yeah. it's the, it's the moment when we're both like, Okay, this parts of this works and like could work in a film, but there's just too much of this extreme, you know, it's like maybe it was Black Hawk Down. I think I think that was the influence here. Black Hawk Down, maybe a little bit Ghostbusters and a whole lot of American exceptionalism in our military. <laughs> but like it, it kind of feels like that. Like he wants to he wants to make a war movie. But like even the stuff in California is a war, and and I the stuff between the family at and in his college dorm room is like a war scene. And like, can we slow? Can we just hit the brakes a little bit? Come on. <laughs> yeah, the pacing is awful, and it's the off because normally when you say pacing is bad, you usually mean it's too slow. This is the absolute polar opposite of that. This is no. everything has to be happening. Everyone has to be, like, yelling and talking constantly. Like, you know, when he first meets his roommate character and he just starts fast-talking about how he's this conspiracy nut with a website that's talking about the aliens and stuff, and he's like, yeah. I got kitten calendars. You gotta, you gotta, like, be a capitalist, bro. Kitten calendars. And he's, like, slapping. And I'm like, what is this character? What are you... This is just annoying. Stop. Shut up. Be quiet. He's going just as fast as Shia LaBeouf, so it's yeah. like, you, got, you gotta have... Do we really need two LaBeoufs? <laughs> 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 and like you said yeah it cuts around so quick there's like moments where it'll cut to like there's a, i can't remember exactly where it is in the movie but like obviously it's cutting to uh, glenn uh, marshower who's like this general dude who's calling a lot of shots right uh back at like some military base and there's a couple of scenes where it'll cut to like oh some planes doing some stuff and like prepping and then it'll cut to him and it'll cut to a satellite and it'll cut back to him and he's like yeah okay we're ready to move in make sure the boys are ready and that's that that's the end of the scene and just from, like, a movie-making perspective, I'm, like, you've just burned, like, four locations in the span of, like, 12 seconds, and I can't imagine the headache of, like, scheduling, editing, and just all these little snippets that are all over the place, just, like, and it's not fun to watch. It'd be one thing if it actually created a coherent whole where I'm, like, you know, into no. it. It doesn't. It, it just feels so erratic and scattershot. Yeah, I mean, I know they jump around from so many places, and I'm like, okay, they're somewhere in the Middle East now, they're somewhere in Africa, they're somewhere in an ocean. <laughs> okay, we're in California, we're in Philly, like, is, are we back in Antarctic? I, I don't even know. Like, oh, we go to the Smithsonian at one point? Like, <laughs> yeah, we're in Washington for a bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then the other thing, of course, which was something I critiqued in the first movie, but I think is even more of a problem here, is uh, why, why is Sam the chosen one? I don't, like... The, like Obviously, there's a reason why the Decepticons want to get at him at past a certain point, which is fine, you've set that up. But Optimus Prime, at one point early in this movie, comes to Sam and says, Hey, Sam, the president and the higher-ups... Or deciding if they want our help or what to like kick us out of the planet. You need to go talk to them. I'm like, who do you, you think? To be our voice. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Who do you think Sam is? Sam's not got sway with the president. You big blue and red tit. What? <laughs> what? what is <laughs> that scene is so confusing he's like you're the one guy we know like that doesn't have to be the case yeah i'm sh uh, you've made yourself known to the government and, and you're working with the military like there are plenty but, of 
of of routes you could take. <laughs> and there's a line towards the end. I won't give the context for it because it's you know the, co- the context is very spoilery. But like another good like Autobot style character says to Sam, "You have shown courage and the capabilities of leadership." And I'm like. He's nothing but a whiny little bitch. Like, all yeah. he does is yell and run and, like, get mad when he's not getting his way. He's so insufferable and unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, Mega Fox is still with him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> even though he's just constantly kind of awful to her, it's... it's uh, uh, From it's, the beginning, yeah. yeah. Even, even but, in the first movie, he was kind of awful to her. But we just sort of, you know, dealt with it. For the, for the sake of the story, I guess. But, like, <laughs> there's no reason. Like, she she should have been the hero of that movie, right? Of the first film. Yes. Um, in this movie, I don't know what she's even doing here still. Yeah, she she's around because they want, you know, the, the, the hot chick back. And there's a and lot of want, comments. They want hot pants. Yeah, and <laughs> there's a lot of comments about her hotness. And there's, you know, the opening shot of her Why is her. Why are Transformers attracted to human women? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. But the opening shot of her is her bent over a bike and the camera, like, you know, slowly coming in, looking at Isn't her ass. the same shot from the first film, too? No, that's just from this one. This, this, this wasn't okay. the first one. The first one, she was bent over a car, I guess. Yeah, but that wasn't the first shot, though. We'd already seen her, like, a couple of times by that point. Okay, all right. This is literally the first time you see her in this movie. She's, like, she's like detailing the bike and, like, Sam's calling her and the camera's coming in and... yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's notable because this is the, the scene that there's like a famous clip of her being interviewed and like the guy's like trying to flirt with her and he's saying how great this opening shot is. Oh, you're so talented. And she's like, I was bending over it. Anyone can do that. Like, there's no, there's no skill involved in this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I like once again, though, she actually does more proactive things than Sam does in a way. You know, uh, yeah. which we'll get she into. She somehow gets from California to Philly in like an hour. <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm hopping on a plane now. I'll be there in a few hours. Yeah, that, that did feel a bit quick. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, is there anything else? There's major stupid plot things that I can't talk about yet, but just, just be known there is like weird wild swings in this plot that are just made out of convenience and laziness. And we've not even mentioned the two, like, racist robots yet. Yeah. The, the stereotypes and the... Like, one's got, like, a gold tooth, even. And, like... It really, I, really I just bad. hate them. I hate them so much. I don't want them to exist. I want them out of my brain. Yeah. Can we uh, not talk about them? Well, they basically do nothing. Like the the only meaningful contribution they have is like near the end of the movie, they start bickering and fighting, and they they hit the wall, and it reveals something, and that is the entire like that's all they provide. This movie is yeah. the reveal of something's behind the wall at some point. That's it. it. Could have, yeah, it could have been anything. It could have been the other little Decepticon that was with them. Yeah, like you could have done this with anything. So, I think we'll just give the spoiler warning. We'll start going through it because there's a lot to talk about. And... Let, me, let me ask you something. Have you, oh, yeah. Did you watch the Transformers cartoons? Did you watch them when you were young? I saw a little bit. I, I wasn't like, it wasn't like Turtles or Scooby-Doo or anything like that, but okay. I, I did so see... So, you're not like, ooh, wheelie or something? <laughs> no, no. I, I, like, I, I'd seen maybe a few episodes. I maybe saw the animated movie when I was a kid, but it was never... Okay. 
like my main thing and i think it was just slightly before my time when i was a kid okay yeah my brother was into them and i know i watched them when i was very very young because of that mm. but like i never i i know I, I before this i knew megatron and maybe that's it i don't even know if i knew optimus prime but like megatron was a cool name so i think i knew that yeah no i was yeah you know, i was a turtles power rangers kid uh so yeah uh yeah so the movie begins <laughs> with with a flashback as optimus is talking about how our kind and their kind have met before and there's some like glimpses of this past of what a character that turns out to be the fallen i think it's almost like a twist they wanted where you think revenge of the fallen just means megatron's coming back for revenge but no there's yeah. actually a guy named the fallen who's also wants revenge by later but uh voiced by tony todd uh but great to hear his voice yes. sorry he had to be in this piece of trash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the next one's got Leonard Nimoy, so you brace yourself. <laughs> I swore I would never watch them. Well, here we are. Uh, so, I'm just, I'm trying to, right, so the opening, the actual proper opening, though, is in Shanghai, and it's basically, it sets up that the military dudes are in a group called Nest now, right? So you've got uh, Lennox, who's Josh Damal, and Tyrese Gibson, who's Epps, right? Those are the two main dudes that we sort of saw in the military. Um, and we didn't like any of their stuff in the first movie. It felt so tacked on and just bloated the film. Here, at least, it's more tied to the Autobots, but, I mean, it's still, like, all of their battle scenes and stuff aren't good. Like, it's not, you know, it's not a vital part of the movie, but it's not as, like, just shoehorned in, I guess. But that's maybe just because they're already established from the previous movie. But, uh they're hunting down just random decepticons that are hiding on earth that's what they've been doing for the last two years and they're in shanghai and we get interest to the the the, the racist twin robots we interest to rc we interest to uh sideswipe sideswipe specifically though when they introduce him he's chasing the decepticon who's also a silver car so i actually had a hard time like like wh why, why did you pick the two of the same color like you couldn't have made sideswipe uh, a different... I don't know, it's... Simple, simple basics is all I'm saying. The one moment that I, I, I will argue that I kind of like in the whole movie, and part of it's just because the camera pulls back to actually enjoy how cool the thing is that's happening, is Optimus Prime dropping out of a plane, parachuting, and then sort of rolling into truck form again. Mm-hmm. That actually looks all right, and part of it's because it continues one shot, it pulls back, and you see him roll yeah, into you, truck form. you can see all the parts, like, moving yeah. and, and pop into place, which is the stuff we liked in the first movie, although I, I remember you saying that you didn't really think it was as clear as to where parts were going and, like... Oh, no, like that, yeah, but... it still isn't, but at least here, it, it was a kind of a cool motion. Uh, and this it is... was. It was like, remember why you're here yeah. to see this things transform <laughs> the, 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 the music's doing the, the main theme and he's, we still he's like, have the great voice yeah our, our hero optimus prime is here and th this is basically the end of all my positive <laughs> points i don't have any more <laughs> so i mean john totoro is giving it his all again uh, <laughs> and i appreciate that yeah he's, he's the, yeah we're not getting to him for a while though he doesn't show up till like an hour into this movie maybe even later than that so yeah I, I agree that that scene is cool and 
it's I, I remember thinking like oh i'm glad they like took their time like he's really making an entrance yeah yeah like, not just falling from the sky but like watch me transform and how cool and intimidating and and powerful this this moment is um because I, I also like it when they transform really quickly, but he like purposely does it slow to make a statement. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think, unsurprisingly, any moment you eke any enjoyment out of this is probably just Optimus Prime moments where he's just doing heroic things. Like those small snippets, and there's not a lot of them, yep. but those small snippets are probably the only time you do get anything out of it. But yeah, so he, he literally is like, Autobots, I'm in pursuit, as he's like, you know, rolling into truck form. But anyway, it's all very delightful. But, you know, he, he takes down the, the Decepticon quite quickly, it's over, and we cut from, honestly, like, a surprisingly dark ending to this scene, where, like, the Decepticon's, like, dying, and he's lying there, and he's like, eh, the Fallen will rise, and Optimus Prime just picks up his cannon and goes, not today, and just shoots him in the head. It's actually kind of dark. <laughs> A dark moment. Super dark. I know. I thought that too. <laughs> okay. It's because he's been working with the American military. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's lost all his humanity. Just kill him, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, hell's even a line later where the the the, the Walter Peck character is like, "Soldier, you're paid to shoot, not talk," and he's like, "Don't tempt me." Uh, I I actually didn't hate the idea of like because uh, Optimus is narrating the opening of how hmm. like humans and autobots have met before or whatever and it was um and it showed like an ancient civilization or not even civilization like somewhere in ancient africa where it was egypt. Were just it was egypt for sure yeah okay well yeah in africa so it and it was like i i don't hate the idea of like humans and the autobots like evolving so like they give us technology, which is why our technology kind of looks like them and stuff like mm. that over time. Like they keep coming back and giving us a little bit of their technology or their technology kind of inspires us or something like that. I don't hate that, that device for the storytelling, but I feel like it just was sort of, it went a direction that I just wasn't ex really ex expecting. I didn't quite really remember the film for when I watched it in the theater, but yeah. is this what this is about? Like, cause that's, that's kind of cool if you want to do that story. No, it's just a big world killer device. It's, just, it's the third act of any big budget movie where there's no, I mean, there's no giant blue beam of light, but I feel like if it finished turning on, there probably would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we cut from Optimus Prime doing this dark like, kill shot moment. And what do we cut to? We cut to the two dogs at the w wiki house. They've got us. They've got a second dog there, and there's humping, and he's like, "Frankie, don't dominate." Whatever the other dog's name was, but that—that's your—that's your joke. And from here, like, yeah, you feel it's like so funny. They do it all the time. Oh, <laughs> guess me is just how quick talking, like all of this is, where they're trying to create this feeling that he's going off to college. They're helping him pack. They're going to be driving him there soon, uh, which. And I assume they drove them there because, like, they're with them when they arrive. But now I'm thinking about it. Wouldn't they just take them to the airport since, since I guess so they were they, driving? I mean, they could have made a road trip out yeah, of it. Yeah, they could have done, yeah. But we never see any of that. So it just cuts to them arriving. It's, it's like you, it's like they went to university, like, you know, an hour away. That's what it feels like with the, the way it just cuts to them arriving, like, a little bit later. But anyway, 
uh so but they're talking so fast and like the mum's crying she's holding up his little baby booties and michael bay clearly thinks this word is funny because he's like, oh you little baby booties and she's crying and she's wanting to hug and kiss him booty like butt yeah like like the like the shot of megan fox and her in it's <laughs> the booty she's, she's got booty yes yeah and uh, the dad wants to turn his room into a home theater uh and then there's like some it's funny when parents are like implying there's like a sexual thing going on because he's you know because he calls her young lady and she's like oh i like when you call me that like sir or something like something like that and it's it's, it's just do you know what this is it's repeating that moment in the last movie where he got embarrassed because they were talking about masturbating like that that's what this moment is again he's getting embarrassed because they're talking about sex or they're role-playing a little bit (sighs) (laughs) i just hate this movie so much it is so annoying like i just yeah. the the idea of like isn't it hilarious if the mom is crying but she's also talking a million miles an hour she's just shoving like things in his face and therefore our faces and the dad's like flirting and it, the mom especially is just so nauseating in this and mm-hmm. I'm sure she's a, a delightful woman and a, and a decent actress outside of the Transformers films, but like, oh my God, she is unbelievably difficult to listen to in this movie. Yeah, uh, from here, the, the, the inciting incident for the plot, or at least the plot that brings Sam involvement into it, is that he's still got his hoodie from the end of the last movie, and there's a little shard of the Allspark in it, which he touches, which puts like alien code into his head <laughs> like that's that's literally what kickstarts this plot is him just touching something yeah i i don't mind the 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 idea that like it triggers all the electronics in his home to like come alive and turn into little, little mini transformers uh, i thought oh that's kind of cool it's like a me- metal gremlins almost or something you know the, like the, you could have done more with that the hoover transforming did look kind of neat actually because it was one of those uh like dyson looking ones with the mm-hmm. it, it, almost like it's got like a uh like a gun chamber right that's yeah, sort of, yeah. but it's orange and they started firing things yeah, out it of it looks like it happened in the kitchen where there's a lot of electronics there's like a yeah. clock on the wall just suddenly like turns into like a spider thing and you're like oh this is kind of cool like I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't mind this but um but the movie sucks so yeah like. <laughs> well they're all ducking for cover the house is getting wrecked and sam's and it, like it's super annoying sam's it's like shot well at all. Bam, bam, bam. and then bumblebee comes you know going out and cannons the house uh and can't speak again is there a reason why he can't speak i don't know if i missed it because they realized that the gimmick of him using movie clips to talk was something they liked and the audience is like so they say is there an in-universe reason <laughs> Well, there's it's one... very clear why yeah. he's not well, speaking. <laughs> well, Megan Fox says, oh, is your voice acting up again? And that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> it's just no work. Okay. That's all you get. And Sam, for some reason, Sam's like... So first of all, is this like a, a thing? Because he says that there's a rule at his college that freshmen aren't allowed to have cars. This sounds like the most made-up, stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. I have no idea. Well, I went to college as like... Uh, when did I go to college? I was 25. So I I didn't stay in a dorm. I had yeah. like an apartment I lived in. I, I, I just, <laughs> it just it sounds ludicrous. And even if even if that's true, 
Like, he comes in, and we do the whole kind of, like, Bumblebee, you're not coming with me to college, and Bumblebee's getting sad, and he's, like, crying. <laughs> and he's... And I, I, all I'm thinking is, like, this la the last movie, much like he's voiced and just retconning that, the last movie ended with the, oh, I want to stay with the boy, and then Sam's like, yeah, yeah, we're best friends forever. And we cut to the immediate start of this film, and I know it's been two years, but it is sort of whiplash for the audience when you end yeah. one movie with something and then you immediately say, no, that's not the thing anymore. Yeah, it's not the next like one. the, just go, like throwing rocks at him kind of deal. Like, just go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it, it is whiplash, though. You're right. It's like, well, why? Like, you guys saved the universe together. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, he thinks, like, you can't come because I want you to be normal. And I'm like, you can still just be a car the whole time he doesn't have to be walking around like bumblebee he seems quite comfortable in car form yeah. <laughs> um, he did it before he met you <laughs> and then like apparently it's a surprise that megan fox is wearing a dress so we have to get a scene of her undressing out of the tight leather outfit to reveal the skimpy white dress whatever and I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't feel bad for celebrities, but I do feel bad for the way Megan Fox is treated in, like, these movies and, like, just in Hollywood in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, no, I get it, it. It just makes me mad to see scenes like that. Well, that starts... She's, she has been more outspoken about it, like, later on. That starts the arc for them as a couple, which is that she wants him to say, I love you, and he, for some reason, is allergic to doing that, and can't see it and it's he's afraid he, if he says it that she'll be bored with him because she's not waiting for him to say it that's, that's such movie logic <laughs> it's so stupid I, he's it, just a bad boyfriend oh he's a terrible boyfriend he's a terrible <laughs> human being never, never mind boyfriend but yeah he like but even when they talk about it here he's basically like you say it first and it's like wait, what like yeah do you, know, you realize that talking about it like this is kind of sucking the romance out of the moment of actually saying it if you're like, no, you say it first. Like, you know, I can't say it first. Like, I don't know. I just, again, shitty romance that feels... It's just not written like real people. No, it's not. I mean, no one speaks like a real person in this, but more on that as we go. Uh, so this is her saying goodbye and he goes off. But he's, he's got our webcam so they can Skype uh, while he's away. Got, got a long distance relationship kit up and running or some shit. Um, he what she then misses their first date and here's the thing, what what I assumed was going to happen watching this because he's because you know he meets his roommate. We'll go back and talk about his arrival, but he, he meets his roommate and his roommate escorted this party, and this party of course has like this insane lighting fixture that no college party would have. <laughs> um, it's it's like a dance club in a dorm room, um, but he takes him to this thing and sam says before they go in oh i can't stay too long i've got a a computer date right with my girlfriend and i said okay but then it cuts to her and she's already sitting there setting up the camera and it's like you're already late though like i, I what i thought was going to happen is that oh you're going to get sidetracked and something's going to stop you from getting drink back or something yeah yeah but nothing did he was just already late and she was already sitting there feeling sad because he wasn't around I, 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 maybe it was just the editing mistake for, yeah, maybe, for yeah. that but yeah it, it it seemed like he um he really didn't plan this very well <laughs> if he wants to keep making fox which he absolutely should try harder yes <laughs> i mean his arrival you know his roommate we've already spoken that he's annoying and he's fast talking and all the rest of it 
Uh, mm. There's a couple of just, you know, shots of, like, him gawking at women coming out of the bathroom and talking about how he's, his website's got, like, a like top 55 hot chicks on campus thing or something. Yeah, but, yeah. maybe they're doing, like, a Mark Zuckerberg like, yeah, uh, hot some or of that. not thing website. He's actually a brilliant mind, but, like, he's <laughs> there's, just... There is nothing bright about Leo. <laughs> that's his name i forgot <laughs> i only remember because he said that a bunch towards the end i, I didn't catch it early on but yeah mm-hmm. his name is leo oh boy leo spitz hmm. okay according to imdb he looks like a spitz yeah so the the gag though when he when sam arrives at college is that his parents are embarrassing him by being around and that his mother eats some pot brownies and starts just doing more embarrassing things. This was painful. This this 10-minute portion of the movie was excruciatingly painful to get through. This was like watching Reefer Madness, too. It's like, oh, if you eat pot brownies, you'll just start saying embarrassing things about your family and really fast. And like, it's like watching Reefer Madness where like, if you smoke the reefer, then like you're gonna get insane and you're gonna go crazy and you're gonna you're gonna talk real fast and everything's gonna go real fast and you don't know how you how how you got there. I'm like, it's supposed to works. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny that he's she's just telling random strangers on campus that she heard him lose his virginity. That is the the height of the gag. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens when people take eat pot. <laughs> it's so stupid. So. Which leads me to something I might even hate more, actually. And I don't know if it's necessarily because it's worse, but it's like at this point, it was just like thing after thing that's bad. That when we cut to his like first class and it's Rain Wilson doing the, all the girls in the audience think I'm a hot professor, so I'm going to be suave and wink at them. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he's trying to, he's using all these like sexual terminologies to teach yeah. his class or something, like all this innuendo and, uh, yeah, it's really uncomfortable and weird and, like, not funny. He's a predator. I mean, let's face it. I mean, the girls seem to be into it, but that's only because an idiot wrote this uh, and wanted it to seem like... Basically, they're, they're going for that scene from Indiana Jones, right, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where the girls are clearly got a crush on them. And arguably, even that's a bit over the top for what it is, but it's obviously way more restrained than this, where the girls are, like, sort of, like, staring at There's a big difference him. between Rain Wilson and Harrison Ford, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But, you know, he takes a bite out of an apple to, like, you know, make a point about gravity, and it falls in front of one of the girls, and she picks it up and says, thank you. She, you know, whispers it all sexy, and he's like, finish that for me. And it's like, what? <laughs> what is this scene? And then Sam's uh, brain starts, like, going ultra because he's got all this code in his head, and he starts, like, yelling about how Einstein was wrong and starts writing on the board and talking about shit. <laughs> The plot, the plot's just... And all throughout this, we've not even mentioned this, and this is one of the biggest, biggest things I really annoy me about the rating of this movie. So, introduced around all this section, right, while he's moving in and then at the party and then just after this, is the potential, like, other love interest, right? The, the threat to Megan Fox, this, this blonde chick. Mm-hmm. And she's very intense, she's really making the move, she, she thinks Sam apparently is all that and she keeps off instantly attracted to him she is forcing herself on him like there's no tomorrow and obviously this all builds up to 
he calls Michaela. Michaela comes to like you know, oh, there's Decepticon stuff going on. She's like, what this? And she's captured the small Decepticon. He was trying to steal the shard, so she's on her way to come see him. And she gets there only like an hour, like we mentioned. And she walks in. It's all set up so that she walks in as this, you know, the evil chick is on top of Sam kissing him. She's she's pulling a Michaela, right? She's yeah. bent over, showing her butt. <laughs> Only right. there's a scorpion tail that comes out Wh- of it. Which is annoying because it's this contrived, you know, love triangle bullshit. Um, it doesn't help, of course, that Sam's unlikable and seemed to be, you know... Insane. Insane and into it. But uh, the big reveal here, though, is that this chick is not a chick. She's a Decepticon. And can I just like stop pause here for a second yes is, you may. is this not a huge deal that should be a huge plot point that decepticons yes. can pass for freaking human when beings I first saw the movie i was just like wait they could just pass as humans and like th- th- so we can just have like a like a a species this is like terminator 3 oh <laughs> it, is. it is this is this is the terminatrix basically and th- this should be a big deal that they can do this you think the military this... should know about this you'd think this would be like a big plot point for later in the movie but it never comes up again in fact no. not only that as far as i know i've not seen the fifth one i don't think it comes up again in the, uh, the following movies either this is just a throwaway thing in this is one is this a thing that was in the cartoons also do they eventually just become humans do they I, just look human? I don't think so. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't see that much uh, of it. It seems like a really big deal. <laughs> it's a huge deal. That has so many implications that they can, like, disguise as a living creature. Right? That is yeah. that is a big difference between disguising yourself. Because the whole thing with Transformers is they can disguise themselves as vehicles or if they're smaller, as electrical items. Yeah. Well, I remember the the Beast one also, and which is the, what the next movie is going to be. But they still look like metal. They look yeah, like metal still... versions of it. Like, they didn't the... look like animals. They just had the shape of them. Yeah, same with the dinosaurs in the fourth one. You know, they're, they're dinosaur shaped, but they're still made of metal. They're still robotic looking. This, this is yeah, a this. yeah. This is absolutely nuts. They just threw this out there like this, and then do nothing with it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, wild. I think this is around the point of the movie where I, it, when I watched it the first time in theaters, where this is like the last moment that I remember because I think I completely checked out after yeah. this happened, and I was just like, "We're not going to acknowledge this." Like that's, I, I just, I, I was so turned off by the the whole first part of that film anyway, and by by this moment, I was like, "Oh, this movie's not coming back," and there's still like two hours to go. And I'm going to hate it. Like, I, I just, I know <laughs> there's no coming back from this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And because this is the point where everything just starts, like, being constant action. Because this is, you know, she starts, like, chasing after them at the library. The roommate's there as well. He's constantly yelling stupid shit. Uh, Michaela and Sam basically spend, like, the next, like, half hour of the movie, anytime they're talking, just sniping at each other about what's happening. You know, like, there's a whole thing when they're trying to be quiet in the library, and she's like, oh, you, you know, the unfaithful, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, is it unfaithful? She was like a, a, like a, like a truck, a big metal, like, bear, the forcing it on me. I was a victim, and, and it's, it's all played she for just... like diesel or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's all played for just awkward, weird laughs, and it just, I don't know. And all of it just feels like it comes from a mind where the sense of humor is just so warped and childish and man what's watching this like when you're an adult is like i'm sure if you watch this when you're 12 it probably works to some extent <laughs> but, can we just rate it now 
I'm just getting, I'm getting so upset, like talking about it. I just hate my experience watching no, this. We have to keep going, Tara. <laughs> we have to keep going. Just listen to me and relax your sphincter. Oh my god. That's a line from later on. The movie. Just in case anyone thinks I'm being weird, that is a line from later on in the movie. <laughs> what is Jean Totoro come to? <laughs> All right, let's pretend we're in a Michael Bay movie and talk really, really fast. <laughs> so it gets over soon. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, and obviously around here, I guess after the party scene where Bumblebee shows up and takes Sam to Optimus, where Optimus is like, you must talk to the president for us, and I'm like, Optimus, he's just some idiot kid, he, he, he can't talk to the president, right? Yes, we're all glad that he saved your life in the last film, but uh, you owe him nothing. Yeah, the, the scene, <laughs> the, the end of this scene is like Sam like, basically says no one goes away, and Optimus turns and goes, we need you more than you could ever know, Sam. And I'm like, whoa, how? Why? 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 <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they're, they're being chased. Decepticons are showing up. They're coming after Sam. Eventually, Megatron's there because they do a whole thing. I think the helicopter one like, actually picks up the car they're in when they're trying to drive away. And... Uh, yeah, Megatron has been is back, even though he was dead. And yeah, yeah, it's a in whole... the middle of the ocean somewhere, and with the uh, Navy guards, um, he still yeah. This is the came back. It, it movie jumps around so much that yeah, we don't even like. It's just it's easier to just slot it in now. There's a whole scene where they go to the bottom of the ocean to pick him up, and they go to like a secret military site to steal a shard of the, the Allspark to bring him back to life. These are all things we see. Um, Including one Transformer or one Decepticon that's like a lot of little balls that then forms into like a really thin, like, infiltration Decepticon, I guess. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I know one of them has to die to sacrifice his parts to give to Megatron so they can come back. Which, I mean, I'll give them credit. This is setting something up because they're going to do it again it later. Is, yeah. So, fair enough. Uh, admittedly this scene takes place at the bottom of the ocean so I couldn't even tell which one was being sacrificed I had no idea who was who for all I knew Starscream was getting sacrificed even though he's like the most known Decepticon outside of Megatron I thought he died like twice in this film (laughs) no but he's there at the end because he's like Megatron (laughs) we should retreat yeah I know I thought he he was dead like more than once in this film and not even at this part (laughs) So Megatron's got Sam, and he's going. To, I'm going to extract this from your brain. There's a, a little Decepticon that goes into his head, and like you know, we get a lot of sort of gross out stuff with like tentacles coming yeah, out of his nose. Yeah, it seems like they're trying to do like the. Um, it looks like the, the uh, the bug right from the Matrix that goes mm. into the belly button. It looks like that, but he's going into like the brain and stuff like that, or whatever. Yeah, uh, and of course uh, the Autobots show up and start saving the day. Uh, so. Think here, what's interesting, so there was a Linkin Park song at the end of the last movie. This movie is the song that came with New Divide, which is a pretty good song, if you like that, that kind of music. Um, yeah, it's of its time, it's fine. Yeah, but what's interesting here, and it, I'm mentioning it here because it's in this scene, is there's actually kind of an orchestral version of it that's also in the score. So they actually mm-hmm. incorporated it into the soundtrack in like a, a really sort of specific way. Uh, so, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. 
I mean, I, honestly, like I'm, I'm not bothered by the score too much. There's, uh, there's a lot of the familiar beats that I remember from the first film, and then, yeah, um, I don't, I don't hate the music choices. Uh, sometimes because the movie's so fast paced and actiony, having an additional like rock borderline metal song is a bit much. Also, but I understand why it's there. Like, if you're into that, then you'll probably enjoy the soundtrack. But, um. I don't know. I, 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 I don't really care much about the soundtrack. The score's just, not... Everything was loud. Everything was loud. The score's not bad, though. The score, the score's fine. The score is probably the best thing about the entire series, really. It's the one thing well, that's kind of consistent. I mean, the sound design also gets praised for, for a reason. We'll probably tire of it, but, like... Yeah. You know. Yeah, so... They all get split up here. Uh, like, Bumblebee has Michaela and the roommate, and the other Autobots are kind of with him. So Optimus, for some reason, Optimus ends up on his own with Sam and sort of drives him off, and they end up in a forest. And, like, he's like, Sam, hide! And, like, it ends up being, like, Megatron, Starstream, and like, the big helicopter one who eventually Optimus is going to kill. And, again, if there's, like, a small slither of a moment you might enjoy, it's maybe Optimus saying, you know what, screw this, I'm going to fight you all, and the music kicks in and he starts, you know, fighting them, right? On its own in a vacuum, all right moment, you know, you can kind of tell what the act... Mainly because it's one of the few times in the whole movie where you can kind of see what the choreography of the fight is, because you mm -hmm. can sort of see him, like, you know, jumping no, over one and slashing. But the big thing here, though, is it ends with Optimus getting stabbed through the heart from behind. You know, Mega uh, Megatron kills him. And it's mm -hmm. this sad moment, and it's it's one of those things where this reminds me a lot of Batman v Superman, which uh, shield your ears if you don't want spoilers for Batman v Superman. But much Whatever, like that, don't watch it anyway. Yeah, yeah, don't watch it. It's terrible. But th this feels a lot like the death of Superman in that movie to me, where I'm like, this is only the second movie, and we're going to do the death. Like this Not is at least <laughs> I know this is at least a third movie thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And plus it's so it's odd that they would want to do that in the in like the beginning of the film when. First of all, we know, okay, he's, he's going to come back. But also, like, the death of Megatron is something that traumatized kids from the animated movie. Not myself. I actually don't even remember it. You mean, you like, mean Optimus? Yes, sorry. The death yeah. of Optimus is, like, a thing that, you know, people my age or around our age, uh, you know, they remember that moment. Uh, spoilers, I guess. I don't know. I've not even seen that film, but, like, I know about it because people were so distraught over it. So, like, trying to shoehorn it into this in, like, the first, what, like, 40 minutes or something of the film was just, like, uh, you're not going to get, you're not going to channel that moment. Like, you're not going to get the same reaction from people. Your point stands, but the sad part is, Tara, this is, like, a full hour into the movie at this point. But, but there's still uh, 90 minutes after this. Yeah. And the reason why I know that is because I stopped watching it and took a break at the 40 minute mark. And the 40 minute mark is before Michaela walks in and sees him with the other girl. The 40 minute mark is before that scene. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a long setup. Uh, it's such a long setup. It takes so long to like, start doing things. Um, it's, it's, it's almost impressive how much it feels like, like a lot of stuff is constantly happening. And yet, when you actually examine the story progression, not a lot is really progressing either. It's, it's almost a skill in and of itself. Almost. <laughs> You're not going to get much praise from me, though. Yeah, so the other Autobots show up and, like, get Sam out of Dodge, but, yeah, Optimus is dead. Uh, most of the Autobots end up uh, back with the military, but Bumblebee and the, the racist twins are with, uh, are with Sam and co. And the Fallen, when Optimus is killed, because we, we do see, like, one quick scene of the Fallen in, like, space, maybe like, somewhere near Saturn or something. I don't know. It's, like, 
I assume it's near Ishbai, relatively speaking, but uh, the Fallen Luke gets up, he's like, oh, the last Prime is dead, only a Prime can kill me, kind of thing. Which, yeah. I actually think it's a bit stupid, as like a a thing. Like, why, why only a Prime? It's just like a bloodline, effectively. Like, why, why could only a Prime kill you? I can only be killed by a Royal Knight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, weird. But he comes to Earth and he, like, uh, sound waves in this movie, but the, obviously they the people the thing people like about Soundwave because he's probably the third most popular Decepticon is that he's the one with the tape deck in the chest and all that. Oh, okay, yeah. Here, that was the, uh, wasn't that the um, the helicopter? No, no. Uh, well, uh, maybe it was a helicopter in the cartoon, but here he's the satellite. That's all he is in this movie. Oh, okay. No, he probably was. Yeah. yeah but, he probably. I mean, like he probably was just the satellite, and I just don't remember. Yeah. Any of them. <laughs> No, he's just floating in space. He just hooks up to a satellite and he's just there for the, all the intel for the bad guys, basically. Mm. Uh, but the Fallen does the, the Zod thing from Man of Steel. He's like, we are here. This is our planet now, you filthy humans. And uh, give us Sam what wiki. He's of grave importance. Hand over the kid. <laughs> so Sam and that feel like fugitives now because they're being looked for by everyone and they're kind of hiding and they're debating what to do next. Uh, there's a couple of scenes, but basically they decide to go to, uh, like, the roommate's like, hey, there's this other great, like, like conspiracy guy online who talks about the aliens. We should go see him. He'll know what to do. He's never met him in person, though. He doesn't know what he looks like. And then the reveal is, is that this is John Totoro's character from the first movie. He's Robot Warrior. He's Robot Warrior. And Robot he, Warrior. Yeah, and I mean, I will say that there's a slight, like, potential good bit of, I mean I don't think any of the jokes land but I do appreciate the idea that he still takes what he does very seriously and he talks to Leo, Leo's like oh you're a little amateur outfit like no no, no. like I, I do things properly like mm-hmm. there is something potentially funny about like this guy who used to be like, this high ranking government top secret official who lost his job but he still treats what he does with that same level of scrutiny yeah. and like prestige you know I can kind of I mean, he, he is a great actor, so, like, he's given it his all. Unfortunately, everything else going around uh, on around him, or on him even, is just not funny and not landing, and it's yeah. just <laughs> super annoying. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of exposition where they're like, oh, the little Decepticon will tell us where we can go find one of these, like, ancient Autobots to tell us where we can go find this magical, like, device or whatever, right? And they end up going to the Smithsonian, and when they arrive, like, with it, I actually looked away for a second and looked back, and I just saw John Totoro in his Sector 7 underwear, and I was like, wait, what happened? And I, I went back 10 seconds, and yeah, he just starts stripping down to, like, change into, like, something else outside. They and, just like, wanted the joke of, look, butt. There's a butt on screen. Yes. It's a man butt. There's too many butts in this movie. There's That's too many lot. testicles in this movie. Yeah, he's, oh, he's got a line as well. Remember how we talked about that line in the first movie when he first meets Michaela and mm-hmm. he says, oh, criminals are hot, right? And we talked about how weird and inappropriate it was. He's got yeah. kind of like a sequel to that line here when he first sees he them does. again, where he looks over at her and says, oh, your little criminal girlfriend, she's so mature. And I'm like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. Did you enjoy seeing the uh, Bad Boys 2 poster in, in the dorm room also? <laughs> I noticed that. I can't say I enjoyed it. <laughs> there's, there's also a Cloverfield one, which I guess was just like, 
that would have been like here you can have this one to promote also but yeah that would have been super because cloverfield came out like february of that year so that yeah. this is like so so when they were yeah, shooting this 2009 right yeah so when they were shooting this presumably in 2008 like that that poster would have been like they may have even got that poster on set before anyone seen the poster in the public yet. yeah yeah uh, yeah, that was interesting, actually. Anyway, that, that's I, what, I went I that's back what, in time. Let's go forward. That's what we've devolved to, is it? There was a poster in the dorm room that was interesting. That's the, that's the <laughs> level of quality that we're we're dealing with here. Yep. Oh, dear. So they're going to the Smithsonian because all these symbols in Sam's head, like, no one can understand them, but one of these old uh, Transformers builds. So they've got the Slither of the Spark, and the idea is to wake up one of these old jets that's a... Uh, a transformer so we get like a, again like do they have to break into the smithsonian as if it's this big heist operation but it all takes place in the span of like a minute and it's just like knocking out a couple of guards it's tasing someone in the balls yeah there's a lot of, lot of ball jokes <laughs> so many ball jokes and like this happens during the day the smithsonian is a museum and i suppose maybe there's like an an air whatever they're called where they have like um where they have stuff that's not on display for people, like just patrons of the museum, mm-hmm. I guess. But like, I don't remember seeing people there. Yeah, there was no one around, uh, especially in the hangar with all the planes. Like, there was hangar. no one. I was trying to figure out the word hangar. Oh, was that the word you. you were looking for? Yeah. <laughs> Air yeah. thing. <laughs> Air containment facility. <laughs> so they they find a plane and. The it's like oh this is this is this is the thing the, the little Decepticons like this is the one uh, John Turturro has this like scanner thing that's scanning for alien DNA or some shit I don't know what he's doing but they use the spark to wake up this jet but right before so Sam's already using the spark he's already made the connection and then Michaela just sort of looks underneath the plane and sees a big Decepticon logo and went shit it's a Decepticon so they all have to duck for cover this actually does introduce a, an interesting idea that if the movie had a good story would actually be kind of cool. The idea that a Decepticon had changed sides. So this was someone who was on the bad side and changed to be good. The movie does nothing with it. We never hear why he changed sides. We never hear about like what made him change. You know, like it never goes into it. It's just, it can happen. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. Uh, and then... I mean, he kind of says why. He says the, de- uh, the Decepticons were evil. And I mean... I guess he didn't know what the name Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, okay, they give us that, but I, what I mean like, is... I more... didn't want to live with hate all the time, so I, I switched sides. I feel like if you're going to give us a character who switched sides from Decepticon to Autobot, I feel like at least give us a flashback of some of that story. We, we need to see th- those moments where he made that choice. He was kind of a cool design, too. Like, he was old-looking. Like, they, I guess they can, they can age, and they can look old. I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat. I thought it was a little bit silly how the walking stick, though. I don't know. I mean, they're so anthropomorphized anyway. Like, uh, why not? Uh, so the little one wheelie uh, decides that he's not going to be a Decepticon. He didn't realize he could switch. And then decides to uh, have sex with Megan Fox's leg. For a good 30 seconds. Yeah. Because now s- it's just a dog. And we know what dogs do. They hump. That's just what they do. And when Sam points out that she's letting this happen, she says, at least he's faithful. Mm-hmm. That's that's your joke. Burn. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then the uh, Transformer here uh, teleports them all to Egypt. <laughs> I, I remember seeing this in the theater, and this been the moment where I'm like, wait, what's happening? What? what? We just. We Why have tele are we going to a new place. <laughs> we have teleportation technology now. Okay. Uh, which which is so frustrating because it doesn't get enough time to be its own movie, but like there's so much to do once we get to Egypt with hiding and then looking for the the key because it's like so they get on a MacGuffin hunt where they need the, the Matrix, which is this key thing that will turn on the big device, but it's hidden because all the primes that like uh like you know jettisoned the fallen and like turned on him because they realized that he was going to destroy the world and just you know because they had a rule like so they, so they went around looking for suns to take the energy from but if there was any planets that relied on those suns they wouldn't do it right so yeah noble makes sense fair enough um so they all sacrifice themselves and entomb themselves around the key to protect it and they're having to look for that so we get like a bit of a mummy thing where it's like, oh, and the three kings align and the sun hits the tip of the pyramid. Yeah, and... why are there so many like prophecies in this? <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, but like we spent, there's so much one time devoted to them hiding in Egypt, looking for where these clues are and then getting to where the key is, finding the key and then getting to the town where by this point they've called in the military and the Autobots and they're all waiting in like a town. So there's like a big chunk of this movie that's like Sam and Michaela try to run to this town and like dodging Decepticons and it, every so often it just cuts to like another random bit of combat where a Decepticon's fighting the plane or yeah, it just becomes wrecking military something. propaganda again. Yeah, and it, it lasts for so goddamn long, like mm -hmm. it, it really is. Um, and then there's just more awkward humor with uh, John Totoro and Leo because they're like best friends now or something and. Well, because clearly when they were writing it and filming it, they thought these guys are freaking hilarious. <laughs> Let's team them up. J John <laughs> Totoro will love it. He keeps us in. He's like, oh, this is my moment. Betrayed by the country I loved. I know it's last hope for like for success or something. He, he keeps saying this speech over and over again as he's doing stuff. Um there's a scene where he calls someone to like try and like arrange an airstrike and like it's just there's all these little moments along the way uh of him and it's supposed to be funny and what's so what is amusing actually is i i missed the testicle uh robot stuff because yeah. i looked away for a second and missed it apparently i know it's there i mean i saw the movie before like, everyone remembers yeah. the, the destructicons it's, it's how he's, yeah it's how he's uh or are you talking about the the two swinging yes yes wrecking balls <laughs> yeah he says i'm under the enemy scrotum on the yeah. phone <laughs> yeah it's supposed to be testicles yes uh yeah which and that's, the, and that's the other thing so you set up well you actually i'll tell a lie you don't set it up at all take that back i don't want to say things that i don't mean they do not set this up but they show a series of like five or six Decepticons, which I think are called Destruct or Constructicons, uh, who come together. That's like kind of nice. They build things. They, <laughs> they come together like a Megazord, right? To to mm -hmm. create. I think it's called Devastator. I think they called it. But it's designed to to eat the sun. Yeah. To get get all the energy from the sun. But you you have this mammoth thing forming out of all these different parts, and I'm like. This should be the main villain. This should be like all the Autobots teaming up to take on this super Decepticon. 
and instead it's like the side thing this like this is the two racist robots and john totoro and the roommate they're dealing with the the big super megazord decepticon yeah it's like a it's like a sandworm like coming out too it's just like it's literally eating the world and it, it's so, <laughs> so they can eat the sun <laughs> and it's so massive that it's like hulking over the whole time and it's like i'm like if you told me before I saw this movie, oh, there's going to be like a Megazord style transformer that all like you know forms this big one, like five of them make this big Decepticon. I'd be like, oh, that sounds awesome. It sounds like it'll be a big tough fight. It sounds like a, a you know a big threat that they'll have to yeah, overcome. It sounds like we're going to get like like a kaiju thing or yeah. something. Yeah. And then it's just the side thing that doesn't have even that much importance to the, any of the actual conflict because all of it's just about the fallen. And to Megatron to an extent, but Megatron's more the lackey in this movie to the Fallen. Uh, yeah. So, but all of it's about Sam getting to Optimus so he can use the Matrix dust uh, to to wake him up. Uh, which, by the way, we have to... Mercifully, we didn't get a lot of the parents after the college stuff early on, but there is a scene that it cuts to them where the Decepticons decide to kidnap Sam's parents. Well, we gotta bring them back because they're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to kidnap Sam's parents. Which can you imagine having Sam's parents, the roommate, and John Turturro all in the <laughs> same place? This movie is wacky. <laughs> uh, making me want some anthrax. <laughs> oh boy! Too bad I've been. Um... <laughs> Too bad I have all those uh, those vaccines for anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like. And it's not even like it's that well thought out a plan. They just kind of like dump the parents in the middle of this fight as if it's meant to distract Sam, but it never really accomplishes anything. So I'm not even sure. But it is quite funny to think about like, so where were they being held? Like this, like several hours or a day or whatever it's been since they got kidnapped in Paris. Are they, were they just like in like a, a dark box somewhere until it was time to like throw them into the desert? I guess. I mean, if they're if they're in a car then that car could have been a Decepticon or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just hanging out in a in an airplane with those uncomfortable seats for way too many hours. Uh, that would have been real punishment. Yeah. So we get an emotional thing, which I, it tries to do a thing where it's like, oh, his dad wasn't ready to admit that he was like sad letting his son go off to like live his life. So here he's like, son, you have to come with me. And Sam's like, no, no, I have to stay in the fight. But you go with Bumblebee. He'll keep yeah. you safe. And he's like, you have to let him go. You have to let him go. You let your son go. And I'm like, I don't th like. I see why you think this is a payoff to the those oh, early no. scenes, it's but not it's not working at all. But it, no, it does not work. Even the mom who was crying in the beginning is like, you gotta let him go. He's a grown up now. <laughs> like whatever. It's so, it's just so unearned. Like it, they, they did the bare minimum. And then they just tried to pay it off with really on the nose pointing out how it connects back. Like, it, there's no subtext here. It, it's, they're no. just yelling at you. Remember at the start of the movie when it was all about yeah. letting him go off to be it's a man? hammering you in the brain. <laughs> so he, he they're running towards Optimus. Uh, there's constant cutaways to the military guys talking and doing military jargon. Uh, are you okay, Tara? You look a bit... No, I'm just... Uh... <laughs> so wore out from watching this and talking about it yeah the, the military guys they're, they're constantly just having little moments of jokes or hoorah shit uh, and jargon There's, at one point it cuts to the general guy played by uh, 
uh, Marshower. Who actually, I just noticed his name in the movie is General Marshower. They gave him his real name. Holy oh, shit! Interesting. Uh, <laughs> all right, but he uh, like he, he walks into the room at one point. The command center. He's like, "Is there any MB ones on the blah blah?" And he just like spits out like a bunch of jargon that makes no sense. And it's like, okay, they love the acronyms. They really do. They really do. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, it is it is military jargon, so. I mean, they use acronyms for everything. Because it's cool, you know. It makes them sound important. You've got to talk in code, you know. Join up, and then you can understand what they're really talking about. (laughs) Don't join. Do not join the military. Bunch of lame-ass shit is what it is. So, (laughs) Sam gets bombarded with some explosives while he's running to Optimus, and seemingly dies, right? You know... Uh, Megan Fox slipped in an F bomb here, which kind of went unnoticed. <laughs> even though they're oh, yeah, allowed, I didn't even notice. <laughs> they, they are they're allowed one F bomb in a PG thirteen, but this one's kind of sneaky. She says effing do something, uh, and I think it's because the ringing of like you know like the explosion still sort of playing. It's like really muffled, so you don't quite. But it is there if you want to hear it. Uh, but Sam goes to Robot Heaven. <laughs> I guess because he touched the Allspark. He goes to Robot Heaven where the ancient primes are like, you have the ability to be a great leader, you have shown courage, you are the chosen one, Sam Witwicky. The Matrix Boy, is... they have really <laughs> put their faith in the wrong guy. The, the Matrix isn't, uh, like, acquired, it is, like, earned. Which Why? makes no sense. <laughs> Why? Well, no, but, no, but, like, Tara, just, just even if it. you... Ex- no, shut up for a sec. Even if you accept it at face value that that's how this works is that you earn it by proving yourself it makes no sense because in a minute's time after he uses it on optimus the fallen just runs up and grabs it and goes haha my matrix and flies off with it he's not earned it surely if it, it should disintegrate again if that's how it works no i guess i don't know he just that's, runs up and steals it <laughs> it's stupid it's so stupid Aye, so so the old. Uh, but why would it even have? Oh. Why would it have some sort of like you have to prove your might, uh, and then the, if the matrix accepts you, then you can use it. Like, and yeah, it's, you're right. It should be consistent. Like, okay, so that should be the same. Is it just for humans that they have to do that? But like, <laughs> I don't know. It's so dumb. It's just the dumbest. <laughs> I hate this movie. So, the the old uh, plane shows up with the walking stick. And he does a little bit of badassery, but he gets knocked down. He does not get back up again. He ain't ever going to live you down. Uh, but he... Thank you. Thank you for trying to bring some levity. <laughs> You're welcome. I need it. <laughs> but he he's like, oh yeah, use the Matrix. And then when Optimus is sort of woken up, but he's not quite at strength yet, the old one's like, take my parts, become Super Optimus Prime, and defeat these enemies. So we get this scene where like all his parts are flying on the Optimus. So Optimus is supercharged, and he's got his like jetpack now uh, from him. So he's like, "Let's roll!" And he flies off and basically you know kicks the shit out of the fallen, and mm-hmm. uh, also injures Megatron a bit. And that's basically it. Like, there's not really like um, the Sandworm Decepticon evil Sun Eater thing gets destroyed <laughs> because of our. Our new, our new friends, our new favorite characters, also. Yeah, uh, the racist robots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of remarkable how little. Like, I think Bumblebee gets one moment here where he swoops in and saves them when the parents are around, and it's like, oh, he won a fight. Great, good for him. Uh, but 
none of the other Autobots really get any chance to shine or have a moment or or, or rememberable, like or even recognizable. Like Ironhide and Ratchet, like I notice and recognize because at least they're from the last one. But if they weren't in the last one, I would never like notice them in this. I would never like remember them. You know, so. Did Kelsey Grammer do a voice of one of them? No, I think he he's in one of the later ones. Maybe I just heard his voice in the preview or something. He's he's in. I don't know. I even know which one. Maybe it's the next one. Maybe it's the or maybe it's the fifth. But I don't know. I can I can check if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. I'm sure. Yeah, when the time comes, we'll. I just we'll, thought maybe he we'll was in this one it. and I didn't notice. Uh, nah. Cause I want to say he's just in it though. I don't think he's just a voice. I think you see him. Like he's in the movie he's in. Um, I thought he played one of the Autobots. Maybe he does both. Maybe he do- maybe he pulls double duty. Mm. But he, uh, yeah. So that that's that. Uh, Optimus and Sam stand like side by side, like they're equals on the 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 aircraft carrier at the end. And Optimus makes another speech about facing the future together. On an aircraft carrier. Yeah. So it's the Transformers, it's Sam Wickie, and it's the Ameri- American military. And Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Q Lincoln Park, it's time to end this miserable experience. Well, barring a couple of snippets in the credits of like him going back to college and... Uh, Ray Wilson accepting him, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and Megan Fox, like drops him off on her bike or something yeah i don't know a, a, a couple of little things i really i can't emphasize just how much this movie is it's like it's got add it's just constantly firing words at you and action at you and it's, it's so upsetting to watch mm-hmm. it is it's like your your brain wants to reject reject it like everything and it's like anytime it's, there's there's something that's slightly cool it's immediately followed by something you hate so much more than the cool thing. Or more accurately, 10 things you hate. <laughs> yeah, and it just reminds you, like, nope, we're not getting anything cool. No, we're not. Like, we're it not thinks made... it's cool. It thinks it's very cool. Oh, yeah, it thinks it's Ooh, the most ridiculous so thing that's ever it's ever so happened. I mean, there's, a, like, there's so many little moments, obviously, we can't talk about all of them, but, like, when they're in Egypt and they're driving somewhere... Like John, they're going to like a checkpoint, and like there's a joke that the guy running the checkpoint is like you know four foot five. He's like a really small man, and so that's like a joke in and of itself. And then the second joke is that as soon as John Turturro says that they're from New York, he's like, "Ah, New York! I love New York! On you go!" It just like passes like, "What? I don't understand." And then John Turturro uh, yells something people like, love, "Because people love America." Yeah, John, John Turturro ends the scene by yelling over to him. You know the guy who runs the my falafel stand. I knew I recognized you from somewhere, and I'm like, that just feels a bit racist, to be honest. <laughs> I've been honest. Improvised. <laughs> it's just everything like in these Michael Bay Transformers movies. Like the humor is so juvenile and just comes from this really like. There's a very specific point of view that it's coming from and it's a point of view that doesn't seem to recognize any other points of view it's all like anyone who doesn't speak with an american accent's got a funny accent anyone who isn't like part of this world is weird and different um i, I don't know it's uh, it's kind of soul crushing to watch and this is definitely worse than the first one like, the first one obviously 
we had numerous problems with. And everything that's wrong in this one was also, you know, less or so, but most of it had its origins in the last one. Like, that, this has kind of blossomed out of everything that was already wrong. But this, like, is even worse. And there's no excuse for the way it's, like, shot and how quick, like, it's edited and everything that's in it and how bad the pacing is, because that's, like, filmmaking stuff. That's standard filmmaking. Like, I don't know why Michael Bay is just so bad at it now. It's weird. Like, he was never great, but, like, he was better than this. I, I mean, honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen, um, like, The Rock... Uh, which is a movie I, I remember I enjoyed watching, but, you know, I was a kid when I, when that came out, so I don't know if I'll enjoy it if I revisit it. Uh, and maybe, because it's got Nick Cage in it and Ed Harris and Sean Connery, so, and it, you know, sometimes he films action well. I think there was just a turn where he's like, I'm going to make everything about the military, and I'm going to make everything about American exceptionalism, and I'm going to make everything super spinny and flashy and sweaty, and everyone's going to love it, and... I, I don't know. I don't know if The Rock is before or after that term, but it's. Uh, I'm almost afraid because I, mean, I kind of want to like one movie of his. The Rock's his second movie, so <laughs> it's quite a bad. Uh, he did Broken babe. Arrow too, right? That was his first. No, no, that wasn't him. Oh, okay. No, his first movie was Bad Boys, and then. Oh, I've never actually seen the Bad Boys movie. I was just trying to. I was just looking up what I. I forgot what we rated Transformers, or what at least what I rated it. It looks like mm. we have the same one, though, according to Letterbox. Yeah, I, it's we we gave it a five or something around that. Yeah, I I'm just I'm baffled by just how nonsensical this is. It really it really yeah. is quite a special achievement. <laughs> it really is. I mean, because I like I said before, I genuinely enjoyed the first Transformers when it came out, and I saw it a couple of times in theaters. And when this one came out, um, I was dating somebody and we went and saw it together. We were both in the military still. And I left that, you know, pretty checked out after the first maybe like 40 minutes or so. And I remember like he really liked it. And I was just so baffled by that. Like, because that was like legit the worst movie I had seen in, in theater. And I, I know I had seen Requiem also. Theaters, <laughs> Predator Rec Room. I don't know if it was at this time or slightly after, but um, I, I was so like I, I really had a crisis of like, can I keep dating this person? Because <laughs> not only that, like it ruined a lot of things. Like it ruined my relationship. <laughs> Maybe I don't remember. There's probably a lot of things going on, but also like it ruined the first movie because all of a sudden. The first movie is like uh, this is just the first movie amplified, and I and I saw the Matrix code and I was like, oh, I I can't enjoy that first movie anymore because I know where it goes and I know that this is just a, a heightened version of that film and uh, and now I hate it now I I hate the sexism I hate the racism that's so and I hate the American exceptionalism that's just so obvious in it now. That, uh, that you know, I, I glossed over the first time because I thought it was a cool new action movie with neat special effects. But... I, I, I think I was watching it again, you know, a couple of months ago when we started doing these. You know, I, I think you watch it now over a decade after the fact. I mean, 15 years, uh, really, yeah. after the fact. And you can look at it now with some perspective. And I think all those problems with it are really pronounced. And it's like, oh, you know, and definitely I think, there. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I was 18 when it came out, so part of it may be an age thing for me where, like, I liked the first one more at the time because I was just... I, you know, 18's technically adult, but it's not really. Like, you're still kind of maturing and evolving your brain and whatnot. Um, and I think as far as, like, my movie taste goes, I think there is definitely an evolution for me from my teen years where I was getting into a lot of good movies and I was seeking out a lot of classics and stuff, but I still think I liked a lot of dumb stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I think that by the time I get to my mid-20s, like... I was more fully formed of like, okay, I can kind of, like, I know what I love now. I know why I love the things I love, good or bad. You know, I like some dumb movies. Like, everyone should and does, but. Yep. <laughs> well documented, in fact, in your case. So, I, but th- this is, like, embarrassing. Yeah, poster right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't really give it any other word other than just kind of embarrassing and uh, obnoxious. Really yeah. Yeah, this, this, obnoxious is the best word I can describe this franchise with, and I feel like, you know, we're going to come back for the third one, and I think the third one's not quite as bad as this. It's just as long, though, right? Oh, yeah, I think they're all this long now. Ugh. Get used to the two and a half hour runtime, because I don't think we're getting away from it. Doesn't Age of Extinction have, like, like over three hours or something? <laughs> Am I crazy? I don't, I don't think it was over three hours. I mean, I'll, I'll have a quick... Uh, so Dark of the Moon, which is next. Not Dark Side of the Moon, just Dark of the Moon, which always sounded weird. Uh, two hours, 34 minutes on that bad boy. Mm-hmm. Transformers Age of Extinction, which is the fourth one. Two hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so not... What does it think it is? Until the end of the world or something? <laughs> and then The Last Night, which is the fifth one oh, i forgot about that one two hours and 34 minutes so back down to just a, a slim two and a half hours <laughs> you're right though they're all about the same yeah. age of extinction being the longest but still not that far from the others yeah i don't know if we've got probably. a runtime yet for uh the new one we probably don't uh nah but you know at least the new one's going to have the the more g1 style designs from bumblebee which weren't better from a visual perspective at least so i guess yeah, yeah, I think RC is in the new remember. one. I think it was a better version of our. Or I say better. I shouldn't say that word because I don't know yet. But there looks to be a a a, a, be, a more. There seems to be a more authentic looking attempt to do a version of RC in the new one. I'll phrase it that way, based on the trailer. Is it Michael Bay still? No, no, he's not directing it now. Yeah, it's someone else. Okay. Uh, I mean. I can tell you who it is if we go check. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't love Bumblebee, but it's probably just because the stank of Transformers yeah. too. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it's definitely better than like it's better than the first one. It's better than the other five. Like at the very least, it gives you a more. It's like, better than the two that I've seen. It's better, you know. It gives you a more likable main character in Haley Steinfeld. It's not a perfect movie by any means, but it is definitely better. Uh, so the director of Rise of the Beasts is Stephen Capel Jr. Who I'll click on because I don't expect that either of us know who that is. Uh, he did. Oh, he did Creed Two. I I like Creed Two. I thought it was directed really oh, well too. All of a sudden, Tara's like, "Yeah, new Transformers." <laughs> no, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> From the man behind Creed Two. But I am. That does fill me with like at least maybe I won't hate my movie watching experience because <laughs> <laughs> I have to go see it in theaters. <laughs> yeah so but anyway we're, we're drifting a little bit we should rate revenge of the fallen it is it is a steaming big pile of shit there's not really many other ways to 
to, to look what, at. I mean, what are the things that we praised? We praised the music. Like, the, the score is good. Music. The, oh, the Lincoln Park song is good. Well, the music's good with the, the, the notable caveat that because it's shifting scenes so quick, sometimes the music has to shift too quick yes. as well. But it's not really the... It's not the composer's fault. He's just scoring to the movie. But... Yeah. Optimus... I mean, that's an okay thing. Yeah. Uh, Optimus has a couple of individually fun moments, you know, coming out the plane at the start. We maybe got I'll... Tony Todd. Yeah. Always, always a plus. We got Optimus voiced by the actor who played him. I can't remember his name. Always, always good. Peter Cullen. He's, yeah. He, yeah, he's just got a great Or Mullen. I always get this mistake. It's either Mullen or Cullen, but... I remember. But, yeah. um... There's like a couple of shots that were cool. <laughs> a couple, two hours and 30 minutes and it's a couple of good shots. This is legit one of the worst movie experiences that I've had at a theater. And like rewatching it, like I just, it, it it's so like, it, it is like experiencing a hangover when you watch it. Like things are too loud, too bright, too flashy, too sweaty, too hot. Like it's just... Everything is awful. There's, there's, a, there's a couple <laughs> it's of nauseating. There's a couple what? of scenes where, like, there's one with Megatron and Starscream. And they're just having a conversation on top of a building, and there's a there's a scene with like some of the, the good characters talking as well in the desert. And like, you can have one flashy shot or two in your conversation scene, but this just constantly keeps having a spinning camera. It's not one shot; it cuts between oh, yeah. multiple shots, but it does it yeah. multiple times, and to a point where I'm like, you know, maybe just slowing down and having a still shot would actually make these these robots feel more real because we're not like constantly like you know whipping around at this ridiculous speed this 360 thing with the the heads whipping around yep. and trying to get your action pose and every single shot is ridiculous i legit hate this film i mean i know i've said it but like i really mean it like this movie is a horrible thing to sit through and i i honestly like i'm just gonna rate it a one Oh my god, I hate this. <gasps> oh, um, that's bold. I obviously it's terrible, right? And you know, we, it's Sam's a horrible character. Michaela, horrible. Michaela's better, but obviously they're doing nothing with her. And it's so funny that by the end of this movie, they're like, "Oh, we love each other." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when obviously real life things take her out of the next movie, and they just like. There's like one really like shitty line that says, "Ah, oh, that old girlfriend was a bitch." Like, there's a line like that in the next one. Oh, uh, really? That's yeah, so disgusting. And it's just Michael Bay just throwing in a little. I'm gonna rate the third one a one too while I'm at it. <laughs> I've not watched it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go. I don't think I can go with a straight one because. Okay. Oh. Honestly, maybe one is unfair. I'll, <laughs> but I'm not going higher than three. Yeah, I'll just three. I'm gonna change it to three right You're now. Three, okay. Uh, I think three maybe a bit too high, but um, I, I, I don't think I can go as low as a one just because a one's what I give something where like the sound mixing is like bad right you know one's a birdemic right I know you're gonna be mad that I said that but no, birdemic's a ten but what one's like a birdemic where they just don't know how to operate their filming equipment or it's so like at the very least there's production value in this so i think like i'm tempted to scrape it up to a two but maybe more fair would be 1.5 <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going back down to a 1. I'm going to go with a 1.5. I think that's where I'm going to land on. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I can't, I can't be double what Peter's score is. I have to... <laughs> no, I'm going to go... I, I, I go... I'm going back. Edit the part out where I say maybe a 3. Never. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, you know? I'm sticking to my Megatrons, and I'm going with a 1. You make it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um... I always knew he was a gun. Like, he, he's not in these movies, obviously, but... Well, he, he wasn't always... Like, he, he was a plane in a tank uh, just as often as he was ever a gun in the cartoon, I think. Yeah. Well, I think that's the toy that my brother had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was the gun. Well, I think that's why he had multiple forms, because that, well, that way you can sell three different toys. You know, one that switches into a plane, one that switches he's all, into... Yeah, he's just... Weapons of war. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, 1.5 that's I can't, I can't like maybe a 2 at a stretch but like listen to us we're debating between a 1 and a 1.5 and a 2 <laughs> this that, movie's terrible that, that's where we are with this, this I think that's the lowest I've ever given anything on the show mm, it might like be the almost 200 episodes we've done plus all the bonus movies <laughs> and those bonus movies are typically pretty you know rough like they're intentionally you know there's the well, that's what we pick for bonus. We pick yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the forgotten films. <laughs> but most of those bonus movies, I would say, are more enjoyable to watch, no matter how bad they are, versus this. Oh, yeah, this. totally. Uh, whereas this, this was just a chore. Like, I was just... Like I say, and once Space they get... Space Mutiny was so much fun. Once they get to the desert, like, a lot of it just blurs together. It was It's so hard to really separate out a lot of what that desert stuff was. And it's, like, a good 45 minutes at the end of the movie. Oh boy. Uh, it's so it's rough. hard to tell. Everybody's been sweating from like the opening scene, so. <laughs> uh, they should bring in The Rock, because I, I watched their Fast Five for Collector's Cut uh, just yesterday. Uh, so that, this is a little uh, tease for next month on Collector's Cut. But The Rock is just sweating the entire movie, which is a very wrestler thing to do because they always douse themselves in water before they yeah, go. But he's just like glistening. It's because he's bald as well, but he's just glistening the entire time. Like he's ready to fight. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's like water and oil mixture. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So there you go. Um, we'll be back next time for Alien Day with our next Alien movie, which is Alien Resurrection. So look forward to that. Oh uh, my god. But uh, we'll be back with the next Transformers the week after that. So. No. <laughs> so uh strap in uh so as mentioned we do have bonus episodes on patreon at three dollar tier and patreon.com slash mailfuzz tv you'll get a bonus episode every month usually with some sort of b movie we did space mutiny uh most recently we got uh, species three is the next one we're doing uh probably mm -hmm. not too long after this goes up or even yeah probably not too long after this goes up um the five dollar tier week, probably yeah, the $5 tier uh, gets you access to another monthly show called The Ace Meltdown, where we just talk about the different movies we've been watching um, of all kinds throughout the month, and we do a little sci-fi quiz for each other. So you can check out that. And of course, there's bonus stuff for the other shows we do. So, you know, the Collector's Cut, which I'm on. Uh, for example, we're doing, you know, the first five Fast and the Furious movies uh, over the month of, uh, of May. Uh, the bonus episode for that month is some Baker movie called Baker Boys. So if that sounds like a an entertaining time you can yeah do that uh so and then I think I'm, I'm familiar with that film yeah um and then collectors cut extra reels at the five dollar tier 
is where we watch really bad, but maybe so bad they're good movies, which Tara here actually picks all the movies for. I'm so, the curator, yeah. So uh, you can thank her and me for uh, Christian Mingle as the Extra Reels movie. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you went for that one. But in April, uh, you can check out what we thought of Gone with the Pope, which is its own wild ride. So... There you go. Yeah, go support us on Patreon if you want some goodies. I feel goodies. like I should get a credit for those shows. Like, you should put me in the producer or something. <laughs> Executive producer. Uh, nah, surely it'd be like a different title. It'd be like, uh... uh based on a story by Tara. <laughs> uh, content I'm sure I told curator. you a story about watching these movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And probably on Meltdown. Yeah, probably on Meltdown. Uh, and one day, I'm sure we'll do some Neil Breen on there and other things. So. Well, not the sci-fi ones. Those are for us. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, and don't worry, they'll be on the main channel. <laughs> no, not a bonus episode. Shut up. Uh, no. Breen only makes masterpieces. So. No. <laughs> okay, I think that's about us. That's, that's been Revenge of the Fallen. I, what more is there to possibly say? Uh, so next week, Alien Resurrection on Alien Day, week after Transformers Dark of the Moon with Leonard Nimoy. Oh boy. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Like, subscribe, ding the bell for notifications, all that stuff helps us out a lot as well, of course. So do all that. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.